0: This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place, one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Welcome to today's program. We're in the middle of a four-part series on the grace of forgiveness. Today's episode. How might this be good? Last week, we talked about the first and most important step in the process of forgiveness, without which we are not able to begin a practice of forgiveness. We talked about willingness as the doorway to practicing forgiveness, the emotional state of willingness as a necessary part of being open to the possibility that we can forgive and that we can forgive the hurts that go deepest. You know that feeling you get when that person crosses your mind, like your guts are getting squeezed, or you feel an actual pain in your heart, or your breath becomes shallow and you feel anxious and shaky, or you feel a wave of fear and dread as that situation comes unbidden into your mind yet again. I remember the first bitter heartbreak of my life, When my boyfriend of 18 months, but who I'd been in love with for years, told me that he wasn't in love with me anymore. (laughs) First of all, it took me completely by surprise. I didn't even see it coming. And then it was a process of slowly and painfully tearing off a band-aid for another six months after the initial breakup as we were continuing to see each other every weekend because I could not emotionally let go and he felt guilty. I kept hoping he would miraculously change his mind. He didn't. When I finally gave up, I walked away in, in a bewildered state of hurt and fragility and, and helplessness. I dreaded any thought of him, which was really hard to avoid because we still belonged to the same group of friends. And all the memories from the six years that we'd known each other and the places we'd been to together, the times with each other's families and with our friends were like an emotional assault on my psyche every time it came up. And the spiritual connection between us, which had been such a strong bond, became an even greater source of pain. I could not hear of him or speak of him without dissolving into bitter tears. And each instance sent me into an emotional tailspin that would last for days. Have you ever been there? It just felt like I was never going to be free of that. And indeed, for years after, any moment of contact with him, even just in my mind, caused a feeling of inner contraction, like a wince, as if I were bracing for a punch. I erected a wall of sardonic humor between us. And over time, you know, the pain gradually diminished and no longer dominated my psyche, but I, w- I never actually forgave him actively. I never forgave him or that situation. I just tried to kind of forget about it, which just caused the pattern to repeat itself with other people. That story became supplanted by other dramas of a similar character. And, and as a reaction to that pattern, I learned to seek out situations where I could be emotionally in control Actually, I can trace the breakdown of my first marriage all the way back to my complete lack of understanding of the process and the practice of forgiveness. Forgiveness can free us from that kind of reactive pattern. That I just described. You know, they prevent us from gleaning true wisdom from an experience. So instead of running to the opposite extreme as I did in reaction to a hurt that we've suffered in order to avoid being hurt again, which never works anyway, we learn to expand and to grow in love. But back then, I was totally unaware that forgiveness was anything other than something we should do uh, as a vague Christian-like concept about turning the other cheek. But the practical side of it, I mean, that's what a practice is, after all. is making something practical and practicable. But as to how to forgive, the practice of forgiveness and what you actually do, as something you could consciously choose to do for your own good, not a clue. I never learned that part. So how do we forgive the ones who are closest to us? How do we forgive the deepest hurts, the ones that feel so personal? How do we deal with the deepest wounds and the things that seem unforgivable, even diabolical? Well, spiritually speaking, this is where the rubber meets the road. And all our talk is just talk until philosophizing becomes realizing, to quote Michael Beckwith until we embody the thing itself. Forgiveness is definitely an attribute of the strong. It takes strength and courage to be willing to forgive so that you can enlarge your own life and liberty by freeing your prisoners, only to realize that you were the prisoner all along. Once the willingness is there, we can begin the real spiritual work that true forgiveness affords us the opportunity to explore. Now, this may seem radical, but here's the proposition that will allow you to forgive anything. Would you be willing to accept the possibility that absolutely everything that has ever happened to you was for your highest good? Would you be willing to expand your inner space so much that you could accept that as true? And no matter what happens, we live in a benevolent universe. We live in a benevolent universe, the very fabric of which is an intelligence, which we could call divine love. That is the substance or the power in which we live and move and have our being. And it lives and moves and has being in us and through us and by means of us. It is one. It is omnipresence. And we are inseparable from it. That power within us is greater than anything we may be currently facing. And it seeks a greater expression of life as us. It is for us. It can never be against us. We are the only ones who can stand in our own way through our resistance to the law of life. Therefore, nothing can happen outside the scope of this intelligent love that is breathing us and which is the very power within us that impels us toward more, more love, more joy, more freedom, more life. Our most passionate, heartfelt desires for ourselves come from spirit. This is how we know that we live in a benevolent universe. Now, you don't have to believe in spiritual law for it to be true, any more than you have to believe in the law of gravity or the law of thermodynamics for them to apply to you. However, your beliefs influence your experience. So if you believe that people cannot be trusted, or that they're out to get you, or that you're always going to be disappointed, That will most definitely be reflected in your experience, because you are the creator of your experience, because you are one with the one. That's how much the infinite loves us. It gives us free will to go away from the light that we are into separation so that we can learn to come back into oneness. Now by the same token, if you believe that every experience you have ever lived through was intended somehow for your highest good to bring you back into oneness, you will be able to glean wisdom from your experiences. And that goes for the things and people we find hardest to forgive. What if that situation, that thing that happened, that terrible wound, What if you were able to look at that situation and ask, how might this be good? Now stay with me. I'm not saying that you could immediately see the good in something that any feeling person would call terrible, unjust or tragic. There is real heartbreak. There is real injustice in this world. We're not denying that or being deliberately perverse. But we are denying the power of darkness to bring us down or determine our character or our future or how we're going to live and show up in the world. Martin Luther King Jr. said, let no man pull you low enough to hate him. Hating someone for what they've done is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. Hate poisons the hater. What you wish for someone else is what you wish for yourself, whether you wish them good or ill. Why? Because we are one. We all come from one source, one creator, one energy, and we all return to it. Despite our differences in awareness here on the planet, in the land of space and time, despite appearances that may seem to contradict truth, each and every human being is an illuminated being of the source. And if you can't see God in all, you can't see God at all. Forgiveness is an invitation to examine our judgments of others and ourselves. If we truly want to be free, we must deeply realize that everyone is doing the best they can with the level of awareness and understanding that they currently have. A Course in Miracles says... Every act is either a call for love or an expression of love, no matter how unskillful or downright wrong it may seem. Yes, this is why forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. It requires us to enlarge our own spirit. No matter what you have to forgive, forgive it. Because holding on to it poisons your own life. It keeps you in prison. Forgiveness is the only way out for us. It is the only way out of betrayal or hurt. When we ask, how might this be good? We're asking to be shown the way to a greater life. We're asking to receive the gift that is implicit in every challenge. We're asking the universe to demonstrate its benevolence to us by trusting that every situation presents us with an opportunity for growth and greater freedom. We're acknowledging that everything is for us. And when we do that, we live in a different reality. That thing you wanna forgive Whether it happened yesterday, or a year ago, or 10 years ago, or when you were a child and you were powerless to stop it. What if, within that thing, was the gift of your own freedom? Here's a process that can help you. One, work with one thing you want to forgive at a time. Focus on that thing. Two, separate the being from the behavior. So describe the event or the situation, including the facts of the behavior. There were facts associated with that situation, and there was the being, the person. Three, ask yourself How might this have been for my highest good? So imagine that you had hired the other people involved to behave exactly as they did, to play this role in your life so that you could grow into an even greater version of yourself. What valuable learnings or wisdom might you have been looking to receive through this situation? Think about that when you ask the question, how might this have been for my highest good? Four, commit to an experiment for a specified period of time, let's say 21 days, where every time this situation or person comes into your mind, you practice saying, I wish them well and I wish myself well. And five, imagine how you will feel when this situation no longer has a hold over you and your inner landscape feel those elevated emotions and imagine the greater life you're bringing in for yourself. I invite you to practice this process and to notice how you feel and how things change for you when you check in with yourself. And let me know how you go. Next time on the Grace Space, the third part of our series on the Grace of Forgiveness forgiving yourself. See you then. Thank you for joining me in the grace space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.